Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey, listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Robin Graham Show. I am happy that you're here today, and I look forward to sharing my very special guest. My friend Brenna is here. Brenna and I met on Instagram a few years ago, and we became fast friends. Brenna was on the show previously, and we talked about creating content that converts. And I will put the link to that show in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to that if you are interested. As is very common with the entrepreneurial journey, we transition because we discover that either we aren't being fulfilled or maybe we have discovered a new gift or we have really fine-tuned our ability to listen to our calling. And that's exactly what's happened to Brenna. She has realized that she has a really unique gift to help with launching launching programs, launching courses, whatever the case may be. And so she has pivoted. She's transitioned into another um, role within her entrepreneurial journey. And she's here today to tell us about that. So without further ado, Brenna McGowan, welcome to The Robin Graham Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be back. I was thinking about it last night. What like it's always an honor whenever anyone invites me on their podcast, but especially when someone invites me back a second time, like it's a true honor. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's something to be said with that. That means you were a good guest the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like, not only did I make it in the first time, but I was good enough that uh, I got the second request back. So that's uh, right. That's right. And I think when you have something that really adds value to an audience that helps as well. And creating copy that converts, writing a launch strategy, those are things that are not natural gifts for everyone. So I think it's really cool that we can have the conversation and help people strategize about what they need to do to effectively launch a program, product, course, whatever the case may be. Yeah, definitely. And I I think too, people hear launching and it seems like so much stress or so much pressure, or I got to do a launch. And so I know that whether it's for me or working with my clients, I'm really looking for ways to kind of, you know, take some of that pressure off of people when it comes to launch time. Yeah. And, and simplifying, right? So it's not so overwhelming. Yeah. Well, okay. So Brenna, let's talk a little bit about how you transitioned, how you realized that this was more in line with your calling versus what you were doing before? 
Yeah. So I'll go back a little bit because it it feeds into the story is when I first started this business and probably when you and I first met, I started off as a social media manager and I got into that. I didn't even know what a social media manager was, but it's just the business I started. And then I realized there was a name attached to it. But so I moved along. I quickly decided that social media management was not what I wanted to be doing, but that I really loved the copy aspect because obviously with social media, there's that, you know, the visual side and the copy side, right? And that I really loved copy. And so I uh, transitioned over, uh, I focused, I really focused down on email copy. And then just through my experiences, I, I ended up writing all types of copy, email copy, sales pages, you know, websites, anything that has to do with conversion copy. I've had a lot of experience in, I was a part of a uh, an amazing group coaching mastermind program where I was a lead editor. So I got to like be in the trenches a lot of like just seeing a lot of copy, editing a lot of copy, writing a lot of copy with my clients. So from there, I have been a copywriter, been very blessed to be, you know, have a great copywriting business. But then something started to happen um, over the last year. It was kind of, it's kind of twofold. The first thing was that you know, I would have, and we we talked about this briefly before we started, I started having clients hire me to write copy, but I wasn't necessarily coming in from like, as a copywriter, I think you're always thinking about like some strategy, but I felt like people would be like, okay, I just need you to write my 10 launch emails. Right. And I'd be like, well, wait, your, your sales page is a mess or like, this isn't going to convert or wait, your website is, you know, like I started to see these holes and bottlenecks it wasn't going to help conversion. I think sometimes copywriting, or at least in the copywriting world that uh, I'm in, or the way it's viewed is that people think copy is a magic bullet, right? Because copy gets so much attention, you have to have great copy, right? But it's not everything, right? It's our audience, it's our offer, it's our copy, there's so many things that go into it. And then I had heard, I listened to an interview with my friend Gemma Bonham Carter, with my friend Marisa Corcoran on the copy chat. And they were talking about pre-launching and something kind of went off in me because I started to think and see that really some of my clients or, or in general, that people were not paying attention to the pre-launch process, the four to six, eight, maybe 12 weeks, depending before their launch, they put so much effort into their launch. And then what ends up happening is we you go into a launch time thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get that. This has to convert, but they haven't done, I guess, the homework, the pre-work, the, the nurturing, all these things that go into having a, a successful launch ahead of time. So uh, slowly I started to uh, transition myself into not only taking all of the launch experience I have and copy experience I have, but truly the kind of content overall strategy experience I have and marry them into um, offers and into things to help my clients uh, really have better launches by creating effective pre-launches. I love it. And I, I love the fact that you are fostering that strategy component, because I think it's being a strategic thinker is a gift. Not everyone has. And so I love that you have that gift and you're tapping into it to then serve other people who don't have it. Right. And I think too, one of my, one of my clients said about me and I thought when she said, it, I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like I'll compliment myself a little bit here is that 
it's not only the strategy part, like this big overarching strategy, but then how do you task that out into mm-hmm. uh, something that like moves people along through the awareness journey or through your funnel? So it's you have to, and I think some of us have a little bit of that, like we might have the big thinking, like, okay, I know I need to do this. But then when you get into like the nitty gritty of it, then, um, and that all of a sudden it, you kind of lose okay, what was the overarching strategy that I'm going on and vice versa? Yeah. And I think you're right because a lot of people, a lot of times people will create something, but they don't look at every single component that people are going to see from the outside. We look at at it from the inside perspective and we think, oh, this is what I have to do. But if your website isn't aligned with the copy that you're putting out for your launch by email or social media or whatever, it's not going to convert if there are different messages because you lose the trust factor. You confuse people. And when people are confused, they don't trust and they don't buy. So I love that you're doing that and putting it all together. So let's dive into some of those strategies, some of those things that if we are considering a launch uh, this year in 2022, what are those things that we need to consider that we need to think about? I think you can take what I'm saying too, even if you aren't going to have a like quote unquote, doors open, doors close launch. A lot of what I say goes into whether you're doing evergreen, right? You're promoting a service. So, you know, keep that in mind. So the first thing that's really important that I think a lot of people, and I think this is where like this copywriting aspect comes in. When No matter what I do with clients, I always start with research. So I think we as entrepreneurs are like, oh, I know my clients, right? I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm going to say. And it's like, no, we, I always, with everything that I start with, I always go back to, okay, what research do we have? What research do we need to collect so we can fully understand the gaps or where we need to take people? and to understand our messaging. So when I say research, this could be a variety of ways. And I don't think there's necessarily a a right way or a wrong way, but, you know, collecting voice of customer, um, doing interviews, I I can't express how important it is. You know, I'm working with a pre-launch client right now. And, you know, she was kind of like, I'm not sure which direction I need to go. I feel a little in my head. If you feel in your head about things, it's because you haven't done enough research. I have to remind myself that even with my own business, like when I'm like, huh, what should I, even this morning, I'll be honest with you, I'm thinking about doing a small product next year. And I was like, how should I do this? What would make sense? What do people, and I was like, wait, I need to go ask my audience, right? We need to ask our audience. And it's so important. Looking at testimonials, how people have talked about us, um, looking at specific words, sending out surveys. Like there's all different ways we can do this research, but it's first figuring out like, okay, what is my, what's my objective? And this is assuming too that we know the offer is where it needs to be. Okay, I know what my offer is. Now I really truly need to understand what my customers, my clients need to hear from me. And I need to do research to understand that so I know which content and what not only just content, but how my messaging and my positioning needs to be throughout all of my launch period, pre-launch through launch. And it all starts with research. I love that. So I'm sure that some of the people listening, their shoulders just went up to their ears like necklaces and they're thinking, I don't have time for research. So I think some of the things that you pointed out are actually not real time intensive. They're things that are really at our fingertips. And that is looking at those analytics that we already have. What blog posts have really resonated with our audience and that you can see through Google Analytics or if you have a WordPress website and you have Monster 
insights on your website. Those are things that you can look at to see what resonated with them. I love that you said looking at the testimonials, pull out that language that people are referring to you as because at the end of the day, it's their perspective. Your personal brand is what they think, say, and feel about you. So if you're trying to build something and build that reputation for yourself, use the language that your customers have been using to describe you. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think to other places you can find research, I, although I caution because sometimes we we want to make sure every audience is different. I use this type of research very uh, consciously, but you can find research on like Reddit, Quora, um, YouTube, like these places where they're just commenting and they don't care what people think. I, there's a lot of stuff, you know, and even I think a lot of people, although I haven't had as good luck, at least with my clients, like Amazon reviews, there's places you can research very easily. You can set aside an hour and just be like, I'm just going to like poke around the internet and see what I can find, see what people are saying, see if they have maybe a different view. And maybe too, you get that and you go, okay, now that I understand this better, now I know what I need to ask my audience, right? So I don't want to complicate it for anyone, but there is, like you said, research is everywhere. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I think the the thing that I do too, um, and I don't do this in a fancy way, is like once I find this language, or even if you're listening to this and you're not launching maybe right now, when you start seeing this language, literally copy and paste it into a Google sheet, a Google doc, somewhere where you can just go back and have it at your fingertips. So um, it, it becomes less intensive, obviously, if you're kind of doing this all along and not making it like a one big, huge project. But definitely, I will say, if you are feeling like you don't have time, like you don't have time not to do research. Like it is so important to everything that you do, every piece of copy that you write is making sure you truly understand your client and your customer. And that all comes from seeing what they're saying and the words that they're using. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to know, first of all, you have to know who your audience is. <laughs> you have to know what they feel about you or think about you. And you have to know the be very clear on the problem you solve for them so that you can do that research to discover, okay, people that have the problem that I can solve, what are they thinking? What are they saying? What are mm -hmm. they feeling? And you have to get into their head. And so this research that you're talking about, it's not necessarily looking at data and statistics, but it's looking at the words and the feelings and the emotions that are being expressed online related to that problem that you can solve. Yep. You said it wonderfully. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. A lot of times I'm a lot of garbly gook, but okay. So we're going to start with research and then what are we going to do? Well, then, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but it's really taking time to look at the research, right? Like, okay, now that I've got it, like, let's actually analyze. I, ha I have a four-part framework and I laugh now that I say this, but when I was um, in high school and in college, I wanted to be an attorney for like a minute. And so I, and maybe this is like where my brain, but I call it my case framework. So the first thing is to what we just talked about, which was clarify and categorize, but I call it a build a case framework because truly, and I don't want to say it where we're building a case, like, like in a court of law to take someone's over, but we do have to build a case for ourselves online. We have to show why people want to buy from us, why our offer is the one for them. So the second thing that we do inside of this framework is we analyze and we just kind of go through 
And I'm not a very analytical person by any means, but it's just like, okay, taking all this language, kind of organizing it between pain points and objections or miss my people believe, you know, going through, this is what I do with a lot of clients. A lot of times it's like, okay, before we can start creating strategy, we really need to look at our, our stats. And I don't think we have to get like, we don't have to be like a data analyst or anything, but like you said earlier, like what emails have performed? What am I getting a lot of reactions from? What's working on social media? Where are the threads that people, where can I take this lead of what I've already seen and amplify it to make things go a little bit better? Once you do those first two steps, you go into the S, which is strategize. And this is where, you know, I guess the magic happens, right? Where now that you understand who your client is, you understand what, you know, where they're going, where they need to be. You're understanding what content has worked in the past. Like now we can kind of go through it with a strategic lens and say, you know, how can we go ahead and start mapping out what this content plan looks like before our launch? And there, there's a purpose to all this. I, we're not just creating content to create content. We're creating content very strategically so that it takes the burden off the launch. In 2021, you know, we've seen how the market is more saturated than ever, right? And not to use that as an excuse, but just more people have flooded online. But not only that, I think that there people have more choices. I think that people are longing for more connection, like through everything that's happened over the last couple of years. And what used to work for a lot of people, which was like slapping up a webinar and throwing a bunch of money in Facebook ads, and we won't even go to the cost of Facebook ads. It's like, it just doesn't work like it used to. People need more nurturing. They need more time. They need more. And, and there's data behind even that. Like it's just taking people a longer time to make a buying decision. Mm-hmm. And I think on top of it, I don't want to say people are busier than ever because we've all been busy. But I think too, a lot of times with when what happens is, is people like put so much time and effort into their launch and they're expecting people to make decisions very, very quickly in this very like seven day open door, closed door period. I know for me, especially with my type of personality, I go, I can't even make a decision like this right now, especially if you're selling a larger ticket item. And especially if you're asking people to pay for something where they're going to show up live, right? Like how far are calendars planned out? I know, you know, I was trying to take a course and I was like, there, I have conflicts. I couldn't even do the course if I wanted to. But now that I know that this is coming up, maybe this is something I can plan for in the future. So it's really taking into account this like strat, this longer term strategy of helping people not only work through a buying decision, but also giving people the time and I guess respect to some words that they can go through a buying decision and not feel so pressured. And, you know, the whole FOMO scarcity, not that I don't believe that you can't use scarcity as long as it's true scarcity, but it doesn't work like it used to because of everything that I just said ahead of time. So we're looking at this longer term strategy when it comes to our launch by doing it this way. So basically, during this period of our launch of strategy, we want to look at it through the lens of there's three things. The first one is what do my people need to know about me before they can buy from me? And that's that no like trust factor. That's where your, your branding is so important. You know, the second thing here is that what do they need to know about my offer, right? Like why is it different than other people's offer? Why is it going to work for them in their situation? Um, and we can go through a lot, a laundry list of that. But the third component too is what do people have to believe about themselves? And this is the one where 
this is also why having a pre-launch is is needed and effective. And this is not only the hardest part, but the most forgotten part, I think, in most people's strategy when it comes to launching a product or service is that we forget that we have some assumptions about ourselves. And this is why research is so important, is we have beliefs that we may not even verbalize of reasons why we think we can't do what we're, what we want to do. Why, why this could work for something else. It's not that people don't even believe that your offer or that you aren't the person to help them. They start to think subconsciously even, yeah, I think this is totally possible. I just don't know if it's possible for me. And so what we can demonstrate in a pre-launch by giving people time, by using our content, why these amazing results are really really can happen for us. It's not just something that is talked about on a testimonial. It truly makes a difference of someone going, okay, maybe, or yes, I believe in myself enough. I know I can get these results. It's really about addressing limiting beliefs and objections in your copy, in your content as you're pre-launching so that by the time they get to the actual day of the launch, they understand that you recognize or you have pointed out to them what those limiting beliefs are, and you've already addressed the objections. So they they don't have excuses anymore to buy. They have only the positive reasons why they should buy and why your product or solution will work for them. Exactly. I teach a class on the awareness journey. So I've studied this a whole bunch. And you know the last kind of choice before someone is completely aware and ready to buy, right, is like they're, they're in that decision-making process of, okay, is this like, I know I have a problem. I know there's a solution out there to help me. Now I'm just trying to decide who that person is, what that thing is to help me kind of move me to the next step in my solution aware process. So not only is it doing exactly what you're saying, we're working people through all this. So by the time, hopefully that they get to, we get to the launch period, they are like way up on their awareness level where they're just at the point of, okay, is this offer for, is right for me for right now? We've already handled all that. And what I see a lot of people do during launch time is all of a sudden that's when they're trying to like work through objections, right? That's when they're trying to do prove, um, you know, through their case studies and things. And I do think these things are need to probably, probably be said during a launch, but it, we expect all of this, all of these things that we just talked about to happen in the seven day period. And then we think, oh my gosh, wait, why did my launch fail? Why didn't this go as well as I thought it should? And it's like, it's because of all everything that we just talked about. There is a huge, not a huge, but a, a buyer's journey that has to happen. And because of circum, circumstances and things going on, I just think it's been elongated now in terms of what's happening. And I will say, I think that a launch success, especially on a larger ticket item, is really, really dependent on this process that we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, if you think about it, you know, we all start with a cold audience and we have to warm them up and we mm-hmm. warm them up through communication through letting them know about us, letting them know, get on the inside of our world to, to know that they can trust us. And, and I think because of, like you said, the floodgates have opened on in the online world in the past couple of years, 
the the presence of people online is so much greater than it was before that there are so many distractions and they are constantly being bombarded by this, that, or the other. And so we have to give them a longer opportunity to warm up to us and then to trust us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I, and not only that, I, when I'm working with clients um, through pre-launch plans is we are being very upfront as well. We're going to be selling something, right? It's not a surprise like, oh, the door is open. Like they know from, you know, at least four weeks ahead of time that we're going to be putting an offer out there. And of course, we're writing it in a way that it makes sense. Like, okay, this is why, you know, you're using the content to show the why of this is going to be so important and why we created this offer, why it's going to help them. But it also helps seed it in where I don't know, too, it's like the way my brain works. And I think I'm probably, you know, like a lot of people is that sometimes I'll see something and I'll be like, no way, right? Like, this isn't right for me. No, I don't want this. Nope, this is too expensive. Oh, I'm not gonna have time. And then over time, I talk myself into it. But I'm not talking myself into it. I've been getting these messages. But it's not this like, yes or no, do you want to join message? This is my like, oh, okay, I heard someone talk about this the other day. And now I'm having this exact problem and or I'm having this exact thought. And, and, and then it starts, it starts to like piece together, right? Mm-hmm. It starts to like come alive for myself. So that it's not like that. It's like, I'm already kind of going, Oh, yep. Okay. Now, I just heard Brenna say, say this, I just heard Robin say this. And now this has come to true in my life. Hmm, maybe I should give this offer a, another thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I love this journey. I love the strategy case. That's a, such a great, I guess, is that an acronym that yes. you use? Yeah. Yes, so it's, it's an acronym. Awesome. Yeah. And awesome. I didn't say the last part of the acronym, acronym, I can't talk, which is energize. And that is to oh, energize. Okay. Strat- is where we go through and we start. That's the energize period is the pre-launch period. The con- Everything that we've talked about is we, we have our strategy. Now it's time to put out this content and build a lot of momentum and energy going into our launch. And what I love about this and why it becomes, especially if you have someone like me plan it for you, but even not is that it takes that pressure off the launch. So I, you know, the clients I've worked with are like, Oh my gosh, I feel so, so much relief or like they'll get my pre-launch plan. Like I'm in tears. Like I don't have to think through any of this, but what happens is, is because you are doing, instead of all of the pressure coming to the launch, you are working through this ahead of time and you're noticing if something's off. You're yeah. realizing, right? Instead of I've had one client in particular, it's like sometimes you get to the launch, you're like, oh shoot, we missed something, right? Like, oh, we didn't even think about this. So when you're putting out this pre-launch content, the, that if there are, once again, bottlenecks, if there's issues even in like tech, all of that stuff's getting figured out. But more than that, if our messaging needs to be tweaked, if we've missed an objection, that's a really big objection that somehow in our research, we didn't come across, you're putting out the content ahead of time that really makes a difference. And it takes the pressure and the stress off of your launch period. Well, and the other part of energy that I'm seeing in all of this, and you've probably already thought about that is, you know, when we think about our energy levels, and if we are in the doer mode or the masculine, masculine energy mode, we are going to have more stress, more anxiety, more doubt over the the process and the actual success and all of those things. Whereas if we put all that energy up front in the masculine energy up front, 
we can be in the being energy or the feminine energy when we actually launch, which is going to help us be more in the moment of the launch and have more positive energy as we go into that launch. And our audience, our potential clients are going to feel that positive energy versus the negative, stressed, anxious, hyped up energy. Yeah, I agree. I think energy is a huge component to all of this. And like you said, I do think that is you pointed out something really important there is that you go into your launch so much more confident. And I, you know, I have clients that I've worked with that this is it because it's like, okay, we know this, we know we've got our messaging down. We know people are excited. People have been talking to us. I mean, there's always, it's not like it magically removes all launch stress. Right? I don't care. I, I, it's even on like my sales page, like launching is stressful. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if you have a team. It is just a stressful period, but this does go through because you are so much more confident. It really takes that, that pressure off your launch time. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Brenna, this has been fabulous. Do you have any last minute tips, tricks that you want to share? Yeah. So kind of my, my sub framework, I like acronyms, uh, is pace and what that is. So if you're trying to figure out like, okay, now that I know I need to do all this, like, but what's this actual content that I need to put out into the world? I like to separate it into four categories. And so uh, I always say you build a case and then you set your pace. So with the pace here is that the first thing we want to do is show uh, the P and Pace's personality. We want our personality shine to shine. This is where we build no like and trust. This is where we use you know, our special words, our phrases, uh, what we love, what we don't love, right? Like, I, I know, um, I've had people that I follow now or friends, and we didn't, I didn't connect because I loved a piece of their business. I connected with them because I loved that they also loved Pride and Prejudice, or because, you know, they, <laughs> you know, they, they're a nerd and watch Hallmark movies nonstop, right? Like, those are the kind of things where it's like, oh, okay, this person is kind of like me. She's and, talking uh, about me listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we do that. So I don't, we have to be careful. We don't want to go into like friend zone where we put out too much personality content, but your personality can be strewn through every piece of your content one way or another. Um, so that's the first thing. The second part in the A is authority. And it's really coming into ourselves to, um, you know, show people that we are the authority in our expertise, in our industry, that we have, you've, viewpoints. And I'm definitely not a controversial person and, you know, personally or business, but I do have some viewpoints that I feel like I could put out there that are maybe different than what people are saying. Or so really thinking through how can you let your authority shine in a way that feels good to you? The C is credibility. And this is, you know, showing that we have results, even if you don't have specific case studies, if you're at the point where you're just starting, you know, getting people to, to even talk about your character that you do what you say you're going to do, like, all of these things showing, you know, can you do can you work with a client so that you can show the results that you're getting, and then, you know, kind of intertwining your credibility through the content that you're putting out there makes a huge difference. And the last part of this is empathy. Uh, and if you, there's, gosh, I, sh- I didn't know I was going to talk about this. I need to put the quote up. There is a quote by Plato that I read just recently, but basically it was like, if we can put our own ego aside 
and empathize with someone, right? It's like we, we have a special place in their heart. And I think too, we spend so much time creating content that we have to stop for a moment. And this goes back once again to the very top thing that I talked about, which was research is that when we truly do our research and we truly understand what people are going through, we can empathize with them, with their pain points, their positioning, even their objections, right? Instead of saying, okay, I got to figure out how to overcome objections. Like, no, I understand why you're thinking this way, but I want to show you why it's different, right? It's taking a different viewpoint and a different standpoint. And when you can intertwine all four of those components, and not every post, every email has to have all four, but when you can intertwine those throughout your pre-launch process through, and quite honestly, through all of your content, you you have a winning combination of things to attract people to you and attract the right people to you. I love that so much. And that personality is so key to show that. That's how you're going to connect emotionally. And I believe so much in empathy. So, okay, Brenna, thank you so much for being here. And I do want to encourage the listeners to go to your website. Is your your download that you have, I actually downloaded it. Um, your ebook on this whole process. Yeah. So, well, I don't have an ebook, but I have a pre-launch plan checklist. So what it is checklist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a checklist. So basically when we, I go back to those three things of what does my customer need to know about me, my offer and themselves to be able to buy. So I go through and I have, and I use this for myself. It's like, it's a checklist of like, okay, what's the type of content? What are those kind of, uh, things that need to be strewn about with examples of the type of content you should be producing so that you can be answering all three of those things throughout your pre-launch. Awesome. And how do they access that? And you can go to brennamcgowan.co forward slash cheat sheet. Okay. And I will put that link in the show notes as well so that listeners, you can easily go to the blog and just download that from there. So Brenna, thank you so much for being here. This was absolutely fabulous. I loved having this conversation and I think it's going to help so many people take the intimidation, the stress away from the whole thought process when it comes to planning a launch. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for having me the second time. So (laughs) of course you've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingram.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.